these words of Jesus are paradoxical, to say the least. And quite frankly, they don't make much sense unless we understand them in the context of the whole gospel proclamation. Who wants to be hungry or weep or be poor or persecuted? And what is good about all these situations? So to understand this, we need to navigate upstream, so to say, to where the gospel begins, where it's, to its origin. Why did God the Son come to us in the first place? Why is it that this eruption of such a vertical factor took place in our story as human beings? Why did God become man? And we, we know the answer. He came to us to rescue us from all our brokenness, from the world, from the devil. He came to forgive us for all our sins, past, present, and future sins, as long as we repent, to offer us his mercy. He came to share with us his divine life, to pour out the Holy Spirit, the love of God, into our hearts, to make us sons and daughters of the Father, to share in the life of the Trinity with us, and to open a door into heaven. So it was an amazing change that happened when he came to us, a completely new situation in which we find ourselves now and that we shouldn't take for granted. He came to bring this life to us. Let me share you a, with you a story that happened to me three days ago. I went to visit a middle-aged Mexican lady who is in the hospital fighting leukemia. She used to be an atheist, and, but recently converted. And when she was diagnosed with cancer, she called the priest that helped her to reconnect with the faith of her childhood. It's a, an amazing priest of this diocese that, that walked with her that path. And so she called him and she said, Father, I'm really frightened and, and worried and, and in anguish for this, for this news that I have cancer. And he echoed to her St. Paul words, the words that we heard in the second reading. St. Paul says, but now, Christ has been raised from the dead. Some say that he didn't resurrect. If, if that is true, we are fools. We are pitiful. But no, he raised from the dead. And we're going to meet him. St. Paul proclaims this bold truth. So he echoed those words to this lady. He said, well, why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Cheer up. You're going home. Maybe early than, 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 than you expected. But you just reconnected with your faith. You are at peace with God and with everyone. You are ready. Rejoice. Good news. The Lord is calling you for himself. Don't be afraid. You're afraid because you don't really know what expects you, what awaits for you. So she 
hung up the, the phone and she was a little angry with him because she thought, you know, this priest is not very sympathetic with my suffering, doesn't understand what I'm going through. But then she told me, after half an hour of that phone call, she was released from fear. No fear. And was filled with joy and with peace. And she said to herself, he's right. It's true. I'm going home. And I have no fear now. So when I walked into her room, she was with her eyes closed and she was listening to this Christian music, music in her phone. And you could tell her, her, her joy and her peace. Of course, she's fighting to live and she wants to live. That's why she's in the hospital and she's doing all that she has to do to live. But no anguish, no anxiety, no fear. And I thought to myself, this is pretty amazing, this lady who hasn't gone through much schooling, very simple uh, person, yet she has something that many people don't have. Don't have. She's happy, she's poor, she's weeping, she's hungry, she's in need, but she is happy. And many who have so many things, power, prestige, entertainment, wealth, are not. Isn't that strange or paradoxical? The point is that what Jesus came to bring, you can call it new life, you can call it the kingdom of heaven, supernatural life, grace. There are many words that we find in the gospel that express this reality that he came to bring. The point is that 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 he came to bring is worth more than anything else. He says, if you have found it, it's like a pearl of great price or like a treasure that you find in a field and you sell everything that you have and you buy that, that field because it has a hidden treasure. And you may object to this by thinking, well, there are many rich people that are perfectly happy. Sure, I think there are. But Jesus is speaking of matters of fact here. He's stating facts. He says, if you are poor, if you are hungry, if you weep, if you are persecuted for my name, rejoice. Just like this priest said to this lady, rejoice, God sees. And in this moment of suffering, you are open, more open maybe than never, to receive this that I came to bring. So open your eyes and just receive in this moment what I came to give you. As a counterpart, if you're rich and you're filled and you laugh and everyone speaks highly of you, chances are that you are content and not open to receiving what I came to give you. You might become blind to eternal life because then life, this life is everything that you are, that you are open to. You might become self-centered, not really open to the sufferings of those around you. And you might become idolatrous because wealth and well-being takes the place of God. Should we then feel guilty if we are happy, if we are having a good time? 
Yesterday, I went with many of some, a group of students to, for a ski trip for the day. We went skiing, uh, and we spent the day having a good time. Should we feel bad when we do things like that? Of course not. But we should take them as a foretaste of something better, as a first installment of what God comes to, to give us for a deeper and truer joy. We, we use those good things, or at least we are called to use those good things as a trampoline to God. We jump and we go up. Because God is the author of all blessings, material and spiritual. For example, Paul writes to Timothy, tell the rich in the present age not to be proud and not to rely on so uncertain a thing as wealth, but rather on God, who richly provides us with all things for our enjoyment. So God provides for our enjoyment. Moses in the Old Testament promised the Israelites that if they were faithful, quote, God will love and bless and multiply you. He will bless the fruit of your womb and the produce of your soil, your grain and wine and oil, the young of your herds and the offspring of your flocks in the land which he swore to your ancestors. You will be blessed above all peoples. No man or woman among you shall be childless, nor shall your livestock be barren. The Lord will remove all sickness from you. So all this earthly blessings, we would say, as a first installment of something better. But then Moses says, he warns them, he says, but when you have eaten and are satisfied, you must bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful not to forget the Lord your God, lest when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built fine houses and lived in them and your herds and flocks have increased, your silver and gold has increased, and all your property has increased, you then become haughty of heart and forget the Lord. It's a warning. Don't forget the Lord who is giving you all these things. And don't forget the ones around you, because if we forget the Lord, we tend to forget the ones around us. We tend to be blind to the suffering that is around us. And the contrary is also true. We're open to God. We're open to others as well. So going back to the gospel, when we are struggling, today's gospel, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's easy to understand. It's a consolation. If you are poor, if you're hungry, if you're needy, then these words are welcome. But when we are doing great, when we're full of blessings, material and, and emotional and of all sorts, then there's a danger. It's a danger. We're in a danger zone, if you want, that we might forget God. And this is a real danger, isn't it? Because when we're in need, it's easier to have God as our treasure. When we do well, it's very tempting to forget about him. That's why Jesus says, poor, poor if you, if you forget God. Poor you if you just close yourself to his reality. So, let me ask you this question. 
and this question will be like a homework for your, for your week, like a spiritual homework. I, I wish that you can sit with this question for, for a while. Would you rather be poor with Christ than rich without him? Would you rather be poor with Christ than rich without him? And you might think, can I be rich with Christ? Isn't that a third option? For sure, it is an option, but it's not the question. The question is, would you rather be poor with Christ than rich without him? I think this, the answer that we can offer to, to this question will reveal a lot of our heart. Where is our real treasure? And lastly, Jesus disappointed many with these words, with the Beatitudes, the, with the whole Sermon of the Mount, but most specifically with the Beatitudes. Because they were hoping for a Messiah that would kick out the Romans and would end all oppression, a much more political type of Messiah. Instead, he preached the Beatitudes. So to understand better, we can, we can think of something more contemporary. For example, as you know, we are in the Black History Month. And it can help us think of these words in this context. Imagine that you have to address an audience, uh, a black a audience, a group of black people, right after George Floyd was murdered. And you're called to you know, give a speech, uh, words of consolation to them. Would you dare to say these words to them who are hurting from this situation? Happy the meek, happy the peacemakers, happy the poor, happy the persecuted. What kind of character would it take from you to say these words? What type of authenticity, of commitment with what you are saying would you need to have the authority to say this with conviction? What type of conviction you need about the gospel to proclaim a group of people that are expecting maybe something different to proclaim this good news? Jesus' commitment when he was preaching this was complete. He was committed even to the cross. 